Hey, everybody, it's Ryan Ripley. Wanted to get a new offering in front of you as soon as possible, evidence-based leadership. And so, as you all know, Todd Miller, myself, and Will Seeley, we're big on evidence-based management. We want to apply it to the leadership space. We all know that modern managers face complex challenges every day. You're juggling a lot of needs, your direct reports, your stakeholders, your customers, they all need constant attention. What we want to do is help you manage that. We want you to use information and data to make good decisions around all of these areas so that we're delivering the right thing at the right time for the right customer. And we know that we're doing that because we're using data and evidence to validate all the things that we're doing. And not only that, we're not just looking at value, but we're looking at our capabilities as an organization. Can we deliver on time? Can we innovate effectively? Do we have too much tech debt? Do we have too many things in process? Are we unable to deliver when the market demands that we do? We look at all of these things with evidence-based management. We merge that into a leadership uh, mindset and lens, and we enable you to make new and better decisions repeatedly based off of the data that you're collecting within your organization. It's exciting stuff. We hope you can join us. Visit agileforhumans.com forward slash EBL course. Join us in one of these offerings. We think you're going to love it. Hope you can join us. Use Agile for Humans, the number four to take another 15% off of this course. And uh, we can't wait to see you there. All right, welcome to this week's episode of Fixing Your Kanban. We are professional Kanban trainers, Ryan Ripley, Todd Miller, and of course, Daniel Vacanti. Gentlemen, how's it, how are we doing this week? I was doing great until I saw Dan. <laughs> That's not nice. That's not nice. I always have to take a shot at Dan. I'm doing great. All I, right. I didn't mean that. Love Dan. Love talking with Dan. Love hanging out with Dan. So yeah, yeah we know. We know. It's always a pleasure uh, getting a chance to to pull Dan out of the the crazy world, the the crazy Kanban life that he's living, and uh, getting some time with him. Um, we always enjoy it. And so this uh, this week we thought um, let's dive into some of the the lean metrics. Right, the metrics are are really interesting. I think this week we're going to talk about about some whip limits. What do you think? So, Dan, at a super high level, when when companies come to you and say, "Dan, Dan, our whip limits are crazy, or we need to know more, and how should we use these?" and you know, where do you start? Like, what would be the if you were to do a survey? You know, not because I I think we could do twenty videos about whip limits, mm -hmm. but if you were to do a survey, what would that look like of, of whip limits? Well, so let's, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll take a step back maybe a, for a second first. Yeah. Um, mo most people, the, the reason we, we talked a little bit about this before we started recording, the, re the reason that I kind of wanted to start with, with WIP as a metric is because that's, that's the one that most people associate with Kanban. Right. And, and fundamentally, if you're not controlling work in progress, you're not doing Kanban. It's, it's, it's as simple as that. So, so you, you have to control WIP, which I think is where your question comes from, Ryan, is, okay, well, now if, if, if that's really the case, if I have to control, control WIP, um, you know, how, how, do, how do I do that? Uh, you know, and, and what do I do? A spoiler alert, though, for some later videos, even though most people associate work in prog uh, WIP with Kanban, it's probably not the most important metric. Uh, so you'll, you'll have to wait for maybe week four of this series to, uh, to get that answer. All right. Um, so the reason, the, uh, you, you asked about 50 questions. So, so, yeah, yeah, but um, we're just super high level. Yeah. You know, but, but I, love your, I love your the way you started this. If you're not controlling WIP, you're not doing Kanban, yeah. right? So what is it about controlling WIP, Dan, that, that really brings 
the the Kanban flavor into your practice? Why is it so important? Uh, because from a f- without going without going too deep into Little's law, and maybe that's a topic for another twenty videos as well. So sure. much, so much so much bad stuff about Little's law out there. But from a from a system stability perspective, from a Little's law system stability perspective, uh, if you don't control WIP, then you don't have have stability. And from stability is where we get all the other good things that people are looking for. You know, pr- predictability of value delivery, um, effectiveness of your process, efficiency of your process, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All of that pretty much begins and ends with controlling work in progress. If you don't control work in progress, you've got no shot at, at stability. Uh, and if you don't, it doesn't guarantee stability, by the way, but if you're not controlling work in progress, you've got no shot at it. And if you don't have a stable system, then you don't have a predictable one. You don't have a, a, a value optimized one. It's Et cetera, right. et cetera, et cetera. So that, that's the big reason I think why why work in progress rightfully is so important. Yeah, you know, it's in this, you, one thing I think that that uh, that we may get confused a little bit out in the world or gets confused quite a bit. You know, we're talking about controlling work in progress. I, I think that some people think that the only way to do that is to limit whip on a column, right? Uh, when you could really just look at all of the whip that you have across the whole system that your, your, your process, right? So um, tell us a little bit about that, Dan, how, uh, how maybe just being cognizant of what work you have in progress might lead you down the path of being able to have it under control. Is that, is that fair to say? Am I? Absolutely. It's, 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 it's really strange when, when Todd gets something right, but you're, you're absolutely correct. <laughs> I, knew, um, I knew it was coming back. I knew it was coming back. I like it. I like, I like, the, I like the boomerang. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, no, no, but, but, but in, in all seriousness, Todd, Todd's, a, he's a, exactly right. Um, and this is why uh, I'm assuming all of our listeners have, or watchers have read the Kanban guide. And in the Kanban guide, you, you will see that what, what we care about is that you, you control whip. We don't care how you do it. There's all kinds of way to do it. But most people think that you have to do it by column. Absolutely not. In fact, in many contexts, you know, doing column whip limits is the worst thing you can do or one of the worst things you can do. I don't want to say the worst thing. Um, but yeah, you, you, you can set a work in progress limit over the whole board. Uh, you can group work in progress limits across multiple columns. You can set work in progress limits uh, you know, on swim lanes. You could even, you know, God forbid, even do per person whip, whip limits. I mean, I mean, there's, there's all kinds of ways. The sky's the limit in terms of how, how you want to limit work in progress. So don't necessarily get into this, into this rut thinking, oh, well, I read somewhere you have to do column whip limits. No. Um, in fact, in a lot of ways, and this kind of gets back to Ryan's earlier questions, in a lot of ways, an earlier, uh, uh, an easier way to start is setting one big work in progress limit for your whole board, yeah. you know, and, and see how that goes. Uh, and then and then watch flow and then kind of tweak whip, um, you know, other strategies for for limiting whip based on how you're, you're watching flow that way. I think that's a really interesting way to talk about um, like a getting started. Maybe again, let's add that to the list of videos because getting started, that would that would be uh, that would be a, a way that you could uh, get started is by being cognizant of what your work in progress is now, setting a limit on it, and then building from the improving from there. Because that's one of the things that we do is continuously improve. Right, that's a yep. principle. Well, so. and, and I think why you know just straight from the the com, the, the Kanban guide at uh, kanbanguides.org is that a side effect of controlling WIP is that it creates a pull system. And mm-hmm. that is at the root of a, of a Kanban system, right? We are trying to create pull systems that WIP limit or, li- or controlling WIP through WIP limits creates that pull system. It gets us started in that, in that right direction you know, of trying to pull things in as, as, as opposed to things being pushed. 
And uh, I think that's a great way to, to kind of frame this first discussion. We have some, you know, I, I like the fact that we took it into a practical direction, right? Get started, just set an overall limit of work for your team. Start there, right? And then start figuring out column by column or however it, it works out. But over time, refine that whip limit into, uh, into a stable system, which then becomes predictable. Right. So right. that's we're not doing the metric to measure the metric. We're doing the metric because it creates the pull system. It leads to stability, which leads to the predictability we need to then do some of the other forecasting and advanced things that come from a, a well-structured and controlled system. Yep. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, and just just a quick shout out to Scrum. You know, every, everything that you just said there, Ryan, I would argue um, is a reason that Scrum as a framework exists. Scrum, Scrum is a pull system. A lot of people don't think about Scrum as a pull system, but Scrum is is a pull system. Now, it certainly can be operated um, in not a pull system way, but yep. the framework as designed is, is a pull system to try and get all the benefits that you just mentioned there, Ryan. Right. Yep. Thanks for that, Dan. I think it's a good recap. It's a good, good thing to think about how Scrum brings these things into play as well. Uh, but I do want to leave everybody with this last thought here that really is what Dan started with. If you're not controlling WIP, you are not doing Kanban. This is how you bring your practices back to the essence of Kanban. This is the pro-Kanban stance control your whip. And that's a great way to lead into these pull systems and some of the other topics that we'll be covering later on. So Dan, we really appreciate uh, appreciate your time. I know you're busy. Thanks for uh, you know helping us with this important topic. I think we take whip limits for, for granted sometimes, but there's a lot of great stuff behind them. And maybe we'll do some more videos. Leave us a comment, right? Let us know below if this is valuable. Todd, thanks uh, as always for jumping in and, and offering your questions as well. Um, I think we're going to leave it at that for uh, Todd Miller and Dan Vacanti. I'm Ryan Ripley uh, bringing you fixing your Kanban. Uh, be sure to check out the Agile for Human socials, like and subscribe to the video so that you know the next time that we drop a video onto the YouTube channel. Stay up to date with us. That like and subscribe button really help. Check out the other Kanban videos below. We've put some other videos out there that might help. Uh, and until next week, uh, Kanban on. Hey, it's Ryan. If you're enjoying this show and want to take a deeper dive into Scrum with me and Todd, check out agileforhumans.com forward slash training. Be sure to also look at the show notes to subscribe to our newsletter, get a copy of our book, Fixing Your Scrum, and learn more about working with us at Agile for Humans. Thanks for listening and Scrum on. <laughs>